Welcome to Happy Class. This is a special bonus series of the Live Free Creative podcast, where I, Miranda Anderson, give you a little bit of an inside scoop into my Master of Applied Positive Psychology program at UPenn. I am going to spend the 2022-2023 school year diving deep into the science of well-being, answering the question, what makes life worth living? And I'm excited to share little bits and pieces along the way with you. So whether you're interested in what's it like being in graduate school as an almost 40-year-old, or if you, like me, are interested in living a little bit better life, I hope that you'll enjoy these quick, thoughtful insights as to the things that I'm learning and what I think about them. Hop into my backpack. Let's head on in to happy class. Hey, welcome back to happy class. This is week number 27. We are on a very quick roll to the end of the semester, which means graduation. I graduate in almost exactly one month and then have the summer to work on my capstone project. My cap and gown came this week. I had to order them, and I think it's kind of odd. You order them and, like, buy them. I remember the other times I've graduated from high school. I'm pretty sure that was a rental. My undergraduate degree, also pretty sure it was a rental. So this is different for me. Now I own a gown and a hood and a cap that I will wear to graduation next month. I tried it on and was a little confused about the hood, so I'm going to have to watch some YouTube video tutorials about how to put on the hood. It's sort of this separate piece, and it has colors, and then it I think that it hooks. There's like some bands where it hooks onto a button, and then it goes over your head, and then it's supposed to be folded out so the colors show, but I couldn't quite make it do that. I didn't know which way was up or down, so I will figure it out before next month. It felt very official. A little premature, maybe, to have it already in my house, but fun and exciting. I have one more class weekend before finals. I guess the last section will be finals and then our final project over the summer. So it's been a whirlwind. I mentioned on Instagram that my cap and gown had come. I I showed a little video of, you know, trying it on for the first time and had a a dozen people reach out and say, oh, my gosh, has it been two years already? And I'm like, no, this is a one-year accelerated executive program and so but when I'm done it will have been 12 full months it feels like longer to me of course because it's been my life and I'm the one who's been writing papers all the time for the last eight months also because I thought about going to school I discovered this program about three or four years ago I spent some time preparing to apply and then I spent about a year maybe six months working on my application including contacting people for letters of recommendation working on my essays. I had two essays that I turned in for the application, getting my transcripts together and actually going through the process process of applying and then waiting to hear if I got in. And I think I found out last June, maybe early June or mid-June last year. And it, pretty soon after that had a list of summer reading and a list of books to order. So I got all of those things done last summer. So it feels like almost a full year already, and then I I still have the rest of the semester and the rest of the summer. So yes, it is a fast program. It's an accelerated program. Full-time study definitely has been full-time, like many, many, many hours per day. I can't imagine how people are doing this with a full-time job. I'm sure that a lot of people can't imagine how I've been doing this with 
a, a company and with children. It has been a lot, and it's been wonderful. This past week, the main thing that I was working on, I guess I had two main projects I was working on. One was the application materials for this workshop that I'm creating with my team for the uh, Arizona State Prison System we're pretty much done. And so we're just putting the finishing touches on the slides. It's so interesting that you can spend months doing research and writing papers, and then you have to convert it all into something that is you know, accessible. You don't just hand a correctional officer a 30-page research paper and say, here's the things you need to know to feel less stressed and burnt out in your career. You actually have to translate all of that into a presentation or a workbook or a workshop that can be easily learned and applied in meaningful ways. That's what this project has been all about. This section of the project of creating application materials is about distilling and translating the research into meaningful application. It's been a really fun process. It's actually something that I feel like I am naturally pretty good at. I'm drawn to teaching. I'm drawn to the translation process of taking big ideas and turning them into meaningful tidbits. That's part of why being a podcast host has been really fun for me because I can read and research and do a lot of sort of digging and then turn it into a 30 to 40 minute episode where I sort of give you everything as the main takeaways rather than you know, going through step-by-step step all of the research that I've read. When you listen to this, we will have just turned it in. So I, it's due on Wednesday. This episode will go live on Friday, so it will be off my plate by the time you listen to it. The other thing that I worked on uh, the, over this last week was a, a research paper. In my neuroscience class, the assignment structure is really interesting. We're invited to write a short paper. It's only 500 words designing an intervention as if we were doing a research project. So we come up with an idea, and there's some themes and guidelines around what we're learning. So for this last paper, uh, the topics were curiosity or creativity, which are both big buzzwords for me. Those are two of my signature strengths and both topics that I'm really interested in. And then we were supposed to design and sort of sky's the limit, design a research project that you could potentially implement, you know, an experimental design. It's been really fun to think if I want, you know, what is a hypothesis that I have around this topic and deciding on a population, deciding on how you would sort of scope it and design it. So as an example, this last assignment, this last paper that I did, took the idea of creativity and I, I zeroed in on women and creativity, which is what I want to focus on in my capstone, at least in part. And I looked at gender differences in creativity, both in self-evaluation of creativity and in product evaluation by gender. Something that was really interesting in this big meta study was that women consistently rate themselves as lower in creativity than their male counterparts, even when the outcomes that are assessed by third-party judges blindly, where they don't know the gender and they're just assessing the creativity of the product, are equal. So a woman may say, I'm, you know, I rate myself a 6 out of 10 in creativity, and her project gets blindly rated as an 8 out of 10. And a man in the same study would rank himself as an 8 out of 10 in creativity, and maybe his project gets ranked a 7 out of 10. So you can see the difference between a self-assessment, self-evaluation, and a, a blind assessment. There's no real uh, solid 
definitive answer when it comes to are men or women more creative? I don't even know if that's a super relevant question. What I do think is interesting is how women consistently view themselves as less creative than men and how that view of their own creativity may impede them. They may be impeding themselves from pursuing creative activities because of this bias, the self-associated bias against creativity. I run into this often in my work as an entrepreneur, hosting creative retreats, hosting creative workshops. I don't think I've ever had a craft or or DIY craft workshop where every single person in the room has said, oh yeah, this is my jam. I'm super creative. I'm, I'm here for this. Usually people voice some, I'm not very creative. I'm not very artistic. I'm not really sure how this is going to go. You know, I'm excited to try, but I don't really expect a lot from myself. There's a lot of hesitation around claiming creativity as if it's something that's only given to a certain few or something that's sprinkled about in the population rather than, as I believe, an inherent part of being human, that we have the ability to put together things in novel ways that are productive and beautiful and interesting. And maybe those things don't make an impact outside of our family or outside of our community but they're still worthwhile and we still are creative. For the intervention I designed, I took some research that showed that women who maybe learn about the definitions of creativity and some of the benefits of creative activities may be more inclined to view themselves as more creative than they had before learning about it. Maybe women or some women have ascribed a certain particular definition or outcome to the idea of what it means to be creative and they don't see how creativity shows up in their daily lives. So my intervention suggestion in this research project was simply to, you know, pull in a, a bunch of women, uh, you know, do a, do a blind study. So half of the people who volunteer are given the workshop about creativity and half are left on a wait list. And you give them a measure of self-evaluation of creativity before and then do the workshop where they learn all about the different ways that creativity can show up in a women's life, some different definitions of it, the benefits of creativity, and also some of the obstacles that people may encounter as they're pursuing a creative life. And then a couple weeks later, evaluate again, give them the same self-evaluation of creativity as in the beginning. My hypothesis would be that the women who received some specific training around what it means to be creative and the different ways that that can show up in their lives would a couple weeks later view themselves as more creative as a result of learning about it. And that the wait list who hadn't had the workshop yet, they just were on the wait list, they do the evaluation one time and a couple weeks later they do it again, but they haven't received any training or exposure to creativity research, that they're self-evaluation of creativity would be the same. If this went well and you saw that just teaching women about the different ways that they can be creative increased their creative self-concept or their self-efficacy around creative pursuits, then you'd go ahead and extend this same workshop everywhere. And, you know, I'm not going to actually do this research It's just a proposal and sort of an inventive way to talk about some of the things that I've been learning. One thing that struck me, though, I mean, I don't know the outcomes, but 
in assuming that, I, I kind of thought, this is what I'm hoping to do with my capstone. For my capstone project, my thesis research, I am creating a book proposal for what I would love to be my next nonfiction book about everyday creativity. And this is essentially what the book would talk about. It would talk about the different definitions in research around how researchers talk about creativity. It's, you know, neurobiology and how it works in our brains. And also, uh, what are some of the environments that tend to magnify one's creativity? Also, the different levels of creativity and how you can benefit from creative activities, even if they're not impacting the world at a global scale that everyday acts of creativity and novel uses and whimsy and thinking beyond the box, that those things can help you psychologically, emotionally, relationally, uh, and, and that you'll feel like you're living a more psychologically rich and dynamic life simply because you're focused and intent on not doing things the exact same every time on tailoring a life that feels authentic to you and recognizing your unique ability to do that, that feels like everyday creativity. So if everything goes well with my book proposal and I'm able to find an agent and you know sign with a publisher sometime in the next couple of years, then I may be able to not do this actual experiment, but at least throw out there a book that teaches women about creativity in a way that may raise their own ability to feel creative and through that heightened awareness of their own self-concept of creativity and, and identifying as creative or at least identifying a desire to act creatively that they would be able to receive the benefits of everyday creativity in their regular lives. I did all of the research for that paper on about a three and a half hour drive to visit my sister-in-law and her family for Easter. We got there and said hello to everyone. It was late, probably like nine at night, and we settled in a little bit. And then I said, I've really got to write this paper. And so I sat down, put headphones in, assimilated all of my research into coherent paragraphs, turned in the paper about a half hour before midnight when it was due. And then I was able to rest easy and enjoy the Easter holiday knowing that my homework was turned in, even if just barely under the wire. It's an interesting balance of loving, loving, loving what I'm learning and also trying to fit it in in an already full and dynamic life. So in some ways, I am sad about the program ending soon. And in some ways, I'm really looking forward to having space to breathe again and to, you know, go on a road trip and just have a conversation on the road rather than reading research articles. And at the same time, I hope to fill some of that newfound space that I'll have come August with additional deep dives into new areas that I can explore within the realm of positive psychology and flourishing and human development and be able to use those things in meaningful ways in the months and years ahead. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.